listening to Must See Audio. Johnny Fabrizio, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, sir. Good to be here. Uh, finally. Yeah, finally, after lockdowns and apocalypses. And I was almost thought this afternoon that maybe we were going to get apocalypsed again. Oh, we were close, I suppose, weren't we? Yeah. I was looking forward to a beer with you tonight, but uh, as I've just said to you, I'm on prep now, so uh, no beers tonight. Yeah, well, you are a, a bodybuilder, fitness coach. Yeah, I. you know what? I always struggle with my title. Yeah, well, I, I saw when I, when I was looking at the thing, it said, like, muscle model. I thought, what, well, do, do people not use the bodybuilder anymore? Or? So, no. So, yeah, the, the, the muscle model is like a category down from bodybuilding. Right. I am a bodybuilder at the end of the day. Yeah. And it, I always kind of sort of stress that it's my hobby, even though I'm in a professional division, should we say now, uh, having done it for this is the 10th year. Um but it, I, I don't like to emphasize it that much because I know, unfortunately, that, you know, to the general population, it, bodybuilding isn't that most uh, pleasing to the eye, should we say. Um, so I went down a different federation that was a lot more sort of model-like um, and and the category I, I compete in is called muscle, muscle model. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's going to change this year, as I mentioned to you before. But in regards to my, my title as such... Um, I don't really sing it that much in regards to my hobby, should we say? Um, but I'm an online, I suppose, an online transformation coach. That's my thing. I um, coach people remotely to improve their health, um, get some longevity, uh, change things around. Um, very much come away from the whole abs, abs, abs. When I first started, it was about coming in, getting shredded, yeah. um, ready for a photo shoot or an extreme holiday, should we say, um, which I can still do. And I do enjoy that side of it, but I'm much more about resting heart rate now mm-hmm. and uh, mental health and feeling good in your clothes. That's that's my focus. And most of my clients are of that sort of nature. Uh, well, you were a policeman, weren't you, before mm. you did this? What was the... Uh, decision that made you go because obviously to do something like this you must have been heavily into fitness when you're a policeman Uh what was the point where you thought right i'm gonna give my career up yeah i'm gonna chase this right it's it's an interesting is it a story we call a story so i joined the police for life it was a career for life i was 19 when i joined the police and um and i loved every second of it right till when i left and i got no regrets learned a hell of a lot had some incredible experiences, good and bad, which I am actually have been kind of currently dealing with a few the bad issues now, should we say? Um, but I decided sort of towards the end of the fifteen year stretch that I, I wanted to expand my uh, way of helping people, and I was um, helping, should we say, friends, family, you know, um, on the side, should we say? You know, on my days off, we'd go to the gym. You know, I'd help people with their sort of eating habits and, and those sort of things. So it was very much kind of a, almost a remote uh, sideline business then, which was all approved. I just put that out there. <laughs> I had permission to be doing it. Um, and uh, I saw that I saw sort of almost like an opening there. I thought, you know, this is, there's, there's more to this and I'm really, really enjoying it. And despite the police being a career for life, things naturally change, don't they, within f- businesses and, and, and establishments. Yeah. And, 
I kind of came into the police where it was a little bit old school and the transition into the more the more current way of policing and and not that there was anything wrong or is anything wrong with the current way of policing, but I, I enjoyed the little bit of the old school and the older officers that I worked with and, and things started to change. I was becoming the more senior PC and and I just find myself falling out of love with it really, mm. if I'm honest. Um like I say, they looked after me and I had a fantastic career, so there's no sort of bad mouth about them How at all. How long were you in the police force Fif- for? 15 years it was. So, um, yeah, so I, I obviously then had to weigh up, well, you know, uh, going to be a personal trainer, effectively, that's what I was doing. That was what I was going to go and do. Um, and there was obviously the financial concern because as a police officer, I was, I was paid well. Mm-hmm. I had stability, knew it was income every month, pension, um, and I said to my wife at the time, um, currently still, um, you know, we, this is where I want to go with it. And she was fully supportive, you know, but she was probably the only one that was supportive. Everyone else was very much like, no, don't be so silly. You've got a good job. You're secure. Um, and I went against the grain. So I thought, right, I'm going to run this for a year on the side. I'm going to see if I can uh, almost match my income from the police and see that I can sustain uh, an income that's going to cover us for our bills. Uh, got rid of everything. You know, I, I had a jet ski, I had a nice car, you know, those sort of t- loads of toys. Yeah. Got rid of everything. So no finance and, um, and just made sure that I could earn enough money to, to, to be able to support us uh, alongside obviously my wife's salary. So it nearly killed me. I lasted nine months <laughs> and realized, yeah, this is doable. So I, uh, I jumped ship and, Went straight into um, into one to one coaching um, with with clients, and uh, as well as having those clients as what we call hybrid hybrid clients. So they did the one to ones, we in the gym, and then we did all the nutrition and the weekly check ins as we as we do now online. And that was it. It just took off from there. So, w- what point did you start uh, competing? Because that must be a shift, for, uh, <laughs> apart from. You know, just go, uh, going to the gym, working with people to their thing. Right, well, I, I have to devote my life yeah. to be in a certain way now if, if I'm going to yeah. do this professionally. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd always always trained. Trained since I was, I think the first time I went to a gym was 13. Uh, just a school gym at the time. And then um, initially joined, uh, I think I joined the Northless when it was above Etams in Strand I rem- Street. I remember it being there, yeah. Right, so that, that was the first place I went. And like, my dad had brought me to the gym when he was doing it when I was a kid. So I'd always always been into training. Um, and then obviously you get older and, and transitions away from swimming, which is what I used to do when I was younger um, in my sort of early teens and, and got into going to the gym. And I had said to myself, I want to do one bodybuilding competition, just one. That's all I wanted to do. Um, and I'd been saying that all the way through my 20s and I had a few really um, um, great friends who one of us isn't with us anymore, unfortunately, but he was into it and he would always encourage me to do it. And and I, But then anyway, so in the sort of late 90s, early 2000s, we were all going out and enjoying ourselves and, and I'm so glad I did all that. I'm so glad I did all that. The internet in regards to Instagram wasn't there. Facebook was just sort of coming to fruition mm. around then. So I hadn't really seen anything and wasn't really enticed by anything. So I, I lived my 20s as a 20-year-old, partying and training, um, and obviously working in the police at the time. Then when I left the police, at, so I'd have been 34, 35 when I left the police, 34. 
Um, I mean, that's irrelevant, to be honest, because I started competing when I was 30. Mm-hmm. So um, 2000, thir- yeah, 30, yeah, 2000, so 2000, 2001. Uh, I'll do my first bodybuilding show and that'll be it. Hang the boots up. Well, I, I just got hooked. Yeah. I got hooked um, and then uh, and carried on through the last five years of the police. And then, um, and that's another reason why it was so good because they supported me through that. You know, my boss at the time was incredible. You know, he knew how hard it was to be competitive and, and working towards that professional level. Um, so, it, it, yeah, it's, so it's, it's 10 years basically that I've been at it. Yeah. Um, almost 11, I suppose. What was it that uh, hooked you? Um, interesting. I'm a really good loser, Lee. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a really, really good loser. Genuinely, I am. You know, I, I can, you know, I can work my ass off for everything and anything, and, mm-hmm. and and still come last and be happy with that. Yeah. Um, I'm not. Um, I mean, it's obviously disappointing, but I'm just quite good at it. I've never been one that's always one of these kids at school who used to win everything or you know go out and be the, the sort of popular one or whatever. So mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm fine with that, and I think it's I think it's healthy. Yeah. Having that you know, ability to be cool with, with losing. Um, not that I don't strive to, to be the best or be my best. Yeah. Just not be crushed. If it yeah, doesn't happen. No, yeah. it's, you know, it's, I think it's a good lesson to have to, 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 to be beaten. And, um, the first show, um, I actually won, <laughs> which was mind blowing to me. I couldn't get my head around it. Um, I won one category and I came second in another category. Um, and, um, just the experience of, the preparation for it. Um, I mean, I was so, and I didn't know at the time, but I was so absorbed by it because it does absorb you. And it isn't healthy, I have to say. It isn't a healthy sport in that respect um, because you're so dialed into everything is about your show. And bodybuilding is, it's 24-7. It is, you know, you can't have a night off your food. You, yeah, you, yeah. You, you have to do it 24-7. Every gram you eat has to be weighed. Um you know, socials, you've got to consider getting home to bed to get your sleep in, you know, and, and it all has a knock on effect. And I appreciate some might think that's a bit extreme. Well, it is an extreme sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that first show happened and I, I fell in love with the experience that much. And I, as you do, you look at yourself and, you know, without being sort of vain about it, but assessing myself, I, thought, I want more out of this. I just wanted more out of it. I wanted more out of my body and see where I can take my body to and my mind. Um, so I said, right, we'll do another one. <laughs> and, and yeah, and it just, it's just carried on and you're always trying, or I'm always trying to improve myself with what I do with it. So yeah, that was it. It was, that was, that was the hook. Um, as far as sort of the mental preparation of it, does it, does it affect you at all having to be so, um, so on top of your own body, you know, like, like looking at it? all the time and seeing minor changes in it here and there. It's definitely this. I think it's suited to a certain type of person. Mm-hmm. I say this respectfully, you know, I think there's some people that should not do it because um, you can end up with a poor relationship with not only yourself, uh, but with food, with socials, you yeah. know, you, you can end up being quite a recluse. Uh, I do know friends who, who do still compete, who are in a position where, yeah, they just, that, that's their complete life. And I almost took it upon myself to change that and and have a, a balance. And a lot of um, 
especially old school bodybuilders would say there's no such thing as balance with bodybuilding, mm-hmm. you know, and, and trying to be the best, you know, it's, it's all or nothing. And, um, but you know, I wasn't getting paid for it. It was, it was a hobby as I keep referring to. It's my hobby at the end of the day. Um, yes, I was striving to be professional. Um, but I also had a life outside of it yeah. and, and I wanted to retain that. Um, and I almost accepted that, okay, to achieve what I wanted to achieve meant that, and this is what I say to my clients as well, actually, I accepted that it meant that the end goal would take longer to get there, possibly, because I wasn't maybe being 365 with it, and I was maybe just doing half half the time, um, being sort of really dialed in. And the other half the time, I would, you know, I'd, I would relax a little bit more, but, you know, the, the, it was a nice balance, I think, Um um, but in regards to like looking at myself daily, et cetera, and, and maybe they call it body dysmorphia, it is it is there. Mm-hmm. It's definitely there. But again, I just really try staying grounded and understand that, um, you know, health is number one. And yes, it's hard when you've been to that sort of level of conditioning and coming back to being what's normal and should be. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm really cool with it. And I, I use it as a tool for my business as well because I want to show people that, Yes, this is possible, but you have to come away from that. It's not healthy for, for, for you, for people around you to be always in that position. And it's not real. You see all this stuff online. Um, you'll see people not sharing anything where maybe they're a bit out of shape compared to what they would be on stage. Yeah. And, and it's false advertisement. It's not, it's not real. Um, and I like to demonstrate what is real. Uh, so I think that I've, I think I've kept a, a lid on that quite well and. Do you think there's a negative impact comes from like the Hollywood celebrities that are in tremendous shape as well? Because they, they you tend to get the uh, the feeling that like The Rock always looks like The Rock, or Chris Hemsworth always looks yeah. like Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. I'd like to. I mean, the, the, there is always going to be uh, handfuls of people out there that I think are going to struggle with that. But I think certainly for the likes of like you've highlighted The Rock and Chris Hemsworth. I mean. Their job is almost to be in that shape all yeah, the time, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Um, so I think I'd like to think that people accept that. There's then other people that n- maybe not quite as big as as, as them that I, I do think are causing problems for people. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not exposing the normality of you know what's actually going on. You know, of them eating more normally. I don't want to say sat there eating pizza and this that the other because that is normal. That's not out of you know, I don't see that as, as wrong. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Um, but if only, uh, especially younger girls and, and guys who are following these people, um, especially them seeing that and not realising that these people are like them, mm-hmm. <laughs> they are doing what is normal, it, uh, That that's causing a, a negative effect on some people and they always are thinking, Shit, you know, I, I've, I've, this is how things have got to be. Um, I can't ever do this or ever do that again because I want to look like that. Um, but it has been nice that um, there's a lot more um, of high-level influencers exposing that now. You know, they're actually coming out and saying, look, this isn't real. You know, be careful what you follow. Be careful who you follow. Um, yeah, I mean, um, YouTube appears to be full you know, of people that say amazing things mm-hmm. like that. Because he used to be in um, a video game journalist as a guy, what's his name? Uh, Simon Miller. He's a, a YouTuber, bodybuilder YouTuber guy, but 
he used to be a video game journalist, so I ended up following us to his channel for, for that. And then he transferred fully into doing body bodybuilding. That's what his, his channel became. And oddly enough, just before you came around, I was watching a video of his where uh, there's a, there was a YouTube video explaining to people how they could shower themselves thin. <laughs> and it was all to do with the temperature you had to have your shower. Oh, wow. And it, it was... It, 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 there's a lot of promising people, isn't there? You know, it's yeah. you. You can have everything, everything in like three easy steps. Yeah, no, it's not quite as straightforward as that. <laughs> and when it, I mean, when it comes to one thing, I go through on my consultation process with with anyone who's considering to work with me is is the three tier effect, or not even an effect, but the three tiers that I talk about is, you know, depending on where you want to bring yourself to, what you want to achieve with your, your mind and body will dictate which tier you fall into. And my tier one is very much about everybody can make the smallest of changes for free and improve their health. And that would be something as simple as walking a bit more, moving a bit more, drinking a bit more water, eating a bit more protein, and trying to get a little bit more sleep. And yeah. that's it. You know, that, and that would be tier one. So, if you know, and you could almost do that Monday to Friday and, and start making improvements to your health, especially if maybe you haven't done any of them in the past. Tier two would be really who I'd like to work with, which is more I want to drop a dress size, a belt notch. Um, I want to feel a bit more confident. I'd like to change the shape of my body. So that, that therefore requires a bit more commitment. It's like a next level up. Um, you know, you are seven days a week being conscious of your foods um, you are having to plan for socials. You can still do socials, but there's a bit more planning involved. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, a uh, obviously your movement still is impactive. And then there's um, a little bit more maybe resistance training or specific exercise, whether it be, you know, whatever you prefer, cycling, swimming, you know, if you don't fancy the gym. Um, so that would be the tier two, which is achievable, you know, and, and, and it's something that I think everyone could strive to, to, to go to. Whereas tier three is that photo shoot bodybuilding mm competition route where it's unsustainable it's um it's unbelievably hard work um i mean it's all hard work but it's another level of work there's crazy amount of sacrifice um and you know you are potentially going to end up with as we've just been speaking about some sort of um eating disorder if it's not managed correctly Mm -hmm. um Ladies are potentially going to lose their menstrual cycle because when extreme dieting occurs over long periods of time, it is um, it is something that does occur. It can be managed if it's managed well. It can be avoided. What but, is that? A, a like a, a lack of fat or it, it's a combination of things. Um, low calories. You know, I mean, again, depending on how the prep is set up. You know, if they're using a coach, are they are they are they credible? Are they being um, too aggressive with calories. Unfortunately, there's a lot of coaches out there that just drive calories through the floor. And, you know, and they're getting these women doing two hours of cardio a day, then weight training and next to nothing in regards to food just to get them lean for stage. And yeah. that isn't necessary, but it does happen. And mm-hmm. if you get in with the wrong crowd, you're going to end up in that sort of bracket. Um, so as I say, it is unhealthy. Um, so which tier do you, do you fit in? And it's, I think it's important to understand what's required to achieve a certain compositional goal, um, which is another reason why I like to focus more on that mindset side of things, really. Uh, when I was looking through some of the transformations on your website, the one that sort of de- jumped out at me was there was a guy, He uh, his like before picture, he looked like he was in his sort of, was it late 40s, 50s mm-hmm. thing, maybe a little bit older? Mm-hmm. Red trunks. 
Yeah, yeah, and then the next picture of him is old hand up and competing. Oh yes, oh he's Jesus. Yeah, he fifties, um, early fifties. Yeah, yeah, early fifties. Weight trained his whole life, to be fair. Yeah, but, but just hadn't really paid much, or not paid much attention to his food. He had, but wasn't too focused on his food. And yeah, so he wanted to go to tier three. <laughs> <laughs> he was in tier three, and yeah, yeah, he. Um, Natural as well, all natural. Yeah, I mean, um, th- that's an incredible transformation for someone to go. Yeah. yeah. And I would think, especially at that age as well. Yeah. Yeah, hard. I think that one was about a 24 week prep. Mm-hmm. So 24 weeks of dieting for that. Yeah. He must have felt pretty good about himself. Yeah. Oh, he was. Yeah. yeah. And he, he went on and did. I think that was his first, maybe second. He's done, th- I think he's done three shows now. Three shows he's done since since that that initial picture, yeah, yeah. Um, it must give you like a great deal of self. Uh, I've got my words have disappeared. Of uh, satisfaction, satisfaction. Yeah, the the achievement. I mean, the achievement's about what you know, giving the client what they want, mm-hmm. making sure that it's done as healthily as possible. That's the key for me because there's so much, so many coaches out there. Unfortunately, who seem to lose sight. Um, maybe they're young I don't know but uh, I'll never sacrifice an ab um, for sorry health over an ab yeah you know um, but the satisfaction is is tremendous when as because a team thing as well you know I say to everyone who comes on board you know this isn't a hammer and nail approach I don't do a hammer and nail approach with my clients I don't it's not a case of you will do as I say it's let's work together if that's not working what would work better for you you know we talk about it and it's you know it's I mean, there's obviously lead by example and there's, there's lead the way and say, look, this is what I feel is going to work best for you. Um, ensuring that obviously, yeah, health is at the top of the list and 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 it, and it does work. So, but if there's ever an issue, it's it's always spoken about. It's never just, just get on with it. Um, so uh, it's it's an incredible achievement. Yeah. And it's, and I, I do get sad when, when, when some of them graduate as well, you know, it happens, you know, they have to go. Yeah. But I, I see it as if, if, if they're with me forever and ever and ever, does that mean they're not learning anything? You know, yeah, um, yeah. am I just a safety blanket? And um, I mean, I, I say that because I have got clients with me for years and and they are capable of being on their own, but they like the their, their busy lifestyle. They like someone to give them their program, tell them what their nutritional targets are. Some people are just good at following directions as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, uh, yeah, so I, the, I'm sure you've you must have had clients that have sort of gone off from the program and then it slowly ended up falling apart a bit and then coming back. Yeah, it it does happen. You know, I can't say no, it never happens, mm-hmm. you know, because that, you know, because the, the idea is that it doesn't happen. Yeah. The idea is they come in, they spend three months with me and they're able to look after themselves. Mm-hmm. And I, I can honestly say on one hand that uh, heart on hand, um, hand on heart, that everyone certainly when we have the graduation interview, tells me that they're happy um, and that they can look after themselves. Um, and then, but then when they do come back, uh, it, it's down to, and they openly say it's because I didn't do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. So thankfully it's not a case of, they don't know why. Um, it's just a case of, you know, life gets, I say in the way, but life takes over, yeah. you know, 
things it, happen. It's the uh, the accountability thing as well, isn't it? You know, yeah. I, I'm sure it's we've, we've all been in those situations where, it, regardless of what it is, um, if you know there's something coming up where you've got to tell somebody, especially if you feel you failed in some way, mm. and you have to sit down with someone and tell them that yeah. you failed, yeah, it's not easy, no. and it's you know, it's that's motivating in itself. No, absolutely. You know, um, the whole accountability thing is the way I see it anyway. I mean, I I have a coach when I prep anyway. I've got Mm. a coach right now and I want to impress him. Every week I want to tell him how well I've done, you know. And so that's motivating in itself for me. And I like to sort of pass that on to to my clients as well. I want them to, to understand that, you know, come on. We're doing this for you, but as a driving factor, you know, impress me. Let's hear how it's been, you know. However, I accept that things do go wrong. And again, even those those things need to be spoken about. You know, we need to hear about if it's not been quite so good and why is it, you know, what's happened. Um, is there been a trigger? Is this something we can implement to then prevent that trigger happening again? Um, have we adopted what I call the two-day rule, um, which is you never allow one off day roll into two mm. you get straight back on it you have an off day you draw a line under it but the next day you get back on it yeah you know as soon as you let it roll into two days it can roll into three days and before you know it you know you're down the rabbit hole and it's trying hard to get back out of it that's important that sort of mindset as well that's how i stopped smoking right because uh, I, I smoked for years yeah. and the, it was always the case of i'd start smoking again when i went out for a pint and I ended up smoking i thought ah. Oh, Again, there yeah, you go yeah. and it's that logic of well hang on a second if i was to go out and have like a few brandies or something like that or you're like a, a spirit yeah you go it doesn't make you an alcoholic because you did that <laughs> for one night yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i get you i get you it's it is trying to find what works i mean everyone's mind ticks differently doesn't it you know it's what, what works for you might not work mm-hmm. for me um something that um i was told about that i've never implemented but um uh, more of a hypnotherapy type uh, technique uh, that a chap does with his patients was and it was about food it was about you know if you um if you're going to overindulge um every time you're about to overindulge i want you to take a selfie of yourself doing it and send it to me um, so let's say that you've had a great day and then all of a sudden you, you delve into the biscuit tin. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is obviously for extreme, you know, this is, this is for someone perhaps who is really struggling and, and, um, hasn't quite got, um, the willpower just to put one or two in and, and they end up having the whole packet, you yeah. know? So, it, and, and he said he uses this technique with his patients where they're taking photographs of themselves whilst they're eating whatever they're eating. I mean, I, I say, I, I think it's it's quite extreme that, <laughs> but he says it works and the feedback he gets, he, he says, you know, I do get feedback and he's, but he's making, the downside to what I think is they're making these people feel horrible, really. Uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe that's the point. Maybe that's why it works. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, it's not something I'm really keen to try, but um, I, I believe it's one of the many techniques used by these sort of people. As, like, as someone that's overweight, um, I do think there's uh, there's too much nicely nicely treated towards like obesity now. Wow. Okay. Because um, it was uh, I probably mentioned it too much on, on this podcast. So I won't go into into it too much. But 
I had a, I had a, a good stint in hospital, not not because of weight, but um, I was I was in for four weeks and I came out and I think because I've been I was bed bound for like two of the four weeks. Wow! So I lost so much muscle. Like yeah. I think I, I I came out like a stone lighter. Wow! And I thought, wow, this is good. I've just lost a stone. Yeah. Then realised where I'd lost it all. Oh no! And uh, so it, that it, it it took ages to get back. And then as soon as pain started going away, I started swimming. Mm-hmm. I love swimming anyway. So managed to build the muscle uh, muscle back up, and then I started losing weight, which which was good. And then uh, lockdowns happened. I've now lost the same stone three times <laughs> over lockdowns. You should consistent. Yeah, but there's um, I, the but the reason I I, I want to lose some weight is because I just I want to look better. I want to look better. I want to feel better. Yeah. But when you've got a uh, like I mean, the the whole thing of like the fit at any size and yeah. stuff like that coming out, I think it's really dangerous. Wow. Yeah. It's um. It's interesting hearing it f- from your side, mm-hmm. um, because yeah, I think it is a it's a, it's a subject that needs addressing, and and I think it is being dealt with. Um, but then there's a lot of camps who are really pushing, like you've just highlighted there, the whole you know a- any size is 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 okay. Yeah. And whilst any size is okay, there's definitely a line I think where you have to go. Unfortunately. Um, your internal health is suffering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's the bottom line. Okay, maybe the external isn't where you want it, um, but you really need to focus on what's going on inside. Um, and that's, it's always an area. I was on the, a clubhouse uh, uh, chat last two, two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, mm-hmm. talking about stopping dieting. And I, I, I was, the subject was me going on about um living more at maintenance calories instead of being constantly dieting. But somebody asked a question about obesity and, you know, my sort of thoughts on it. And, and yeah, very much it, it's a, it's a touchy subject because naturally you don't want to upset anybody. No. Because I would imagine anyone who is uh, overweight, they recognize that and, it, and it's, a, it's a struggle for them. Um, I can't imagine anyone being um, – okay with them being overweight and no you know it's it's got to be hard yeah it's Um, it's, well i don't um i i don't understand because everyone must know like that like a a knee pain here or something like that or the like not being able to get up quite quick enough and i think there's there's good ways because i I know i i could do it if i uh if, if i allowed myself to get into that like because um, like for instance, with playing drums yeah. and stuff, uh, uh, I'm I think for my size, my cardio is pretty good. I've got a pretty low rest and heart rate and right. stuff like that. Yeah. So I could I could kind of convince myself that 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 there. But if I'm honest, like yeah, that's great. It'd be much better if I was five stone lighter at the same time. Yeah, yeah. There's there is there is a line, um, and it's just as 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 if the insides are working well, then mm. we're golden. Yeah, but sadly, nine times out of ten, if the external is demonstrating maybe a little bit more than maybe where it could be, chances are the internals aren't quite where they should be. Yeah, you know, um, and it's just—I think it's just education, isn't it? It's just a little bit of education and support. You know, um, I know what you're saying. Like you mentioned there about maybe it's um, almost skirted around the edge, and people don't want to say anything to offend anybody. I think in some cases it's promoted. Yeah. More, yeah, well, more so than even just, yeah. it's, it's not even a case of turning a blind eye to it. You know, when you've got 
fashion magazines yeah. and stuff by putting like, obese models yeah. on the front page. Yeah. I find it really like quite worrying for yeah. people. Because it's almost, it's a, it's a status thing, isn't it? It's almost saying to young people, this is okay. Yeah. This is okay, you know, and it's not, it's not okay, no. you know? And I, I say that with utmost respect because we don't know the backstory. We don't know how people have got to that position. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just, it's it's interesting because there's so much out there, f- you know, that t- to show what's doable to make that transition. Um, but it's, I can appreciate it's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Have you had any people like come to you which are sort of on the like in real in a real bad bad way, like bad shape? Yeah, yeah, I have, I have, and um, I have to say, you know, um, it's all been successful, mm-hmm. but because they have made that step they've made the decision things have to change mm. uh one in particular uh was actually told in fairness by the doctor they needed to lose weight yeah <clears throat> so that was a big driving force anyway um but you know they still had to implement they still had to turn up uh they still had to put the shift in should we say and prep their foods and you know those sort of things um the other handful that i have worked with uh, I, i'm really pleased to report that yeah just incredible Mm-hmm. so inspirational um from coming in and it being unbelievably difficult for them understandably um i mean just to reach out in itself for for for, for the all of them i would say is is as we had in the consults is, is tough mm-hmm. um but it's them making that decision they made this decision they have to make a change they want to make a change willingly want to make a change not forced into it um and um and sure enough you know 30, 40, 50, 57 pound, I think was the biggest loss. Uh, later, you know, um, still a little way to go, but yeah. you can imagine, you know, that's that's a lot of weight shifted and it's a huge health improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, resting heart rate was the big focus for everybody. Um, you know, not focusing on the weight or the scales, focusing on, you know, the other areas, um, clothing, those yeah. sort of things. Yeah, yeah that scales can be a a, a tricky thing. I, I've it's a, it's only something with I didn't do it the last two lockdowns. I've done it this lock lockdown actually because mm-hmm. uh, I I would I didn't want to put the all of that stone back on because right. I couldn't go swimming. So I started doing kettlebells in the house. Brilliant, and uh, I found it really weird because I felt like I'd like tightened up. I felt like I'd lost some sort of fat fat and stuff like that. Then I stand on the scale and go. You're three pound heavier. <laughs> Put muscle on them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No, it's a uh, it's 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 such a strange thing to try and. Uh, there's hydration and, and things, things to consider, as you probably know. There's mm-hmm. the so with scale weight. It's so it's so um, dangerous. The wrong word, but you know you can you can stand on the scale in the morning and be three pound lighter than you are in the evening purely mm-hmm. because of hydration levels, food you've eaten, stress, poor sleep. Um, women with their hormones, um, it, it, it can really fluctuate. Um, and that's why sometimes I encourage a daily weigh-in, which mm-hmm. doesn't suit everybody, um, but a daily weigh-in will then show the averages. So you do a, a sort of weekly average um, and, and you, you focus more on that each week alongside measurements, pictures, um, clothing. I love the clothing one, you know. How, you know, how's the clothing going? You know, that's, yeah. that's such a great indicator. Because sometimes, I mean, I've had people in for 12 weeks. They've only dropped three or four pounds. 
But then they, they've got a new wardrobe. They look completely different. Mm-hmm. Their energy's up. They're feeling confident. It's it's. But then in 12 weeks, I've had 27, 28 pound losses. Um, but there's, there's still more to go. Mm. How how does the sleep affect it? Because uh, is that just a if you if you're not well rested, like your metabolic rate drops and that sort of that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. You, you just hormonally, you're all over the place. You're not your cortisol levels are elevated. You know, your stress hormone. Um, your body hasn't had time to recover from the day's activities. Mm. Your mind hasn't isn't recovering. Um, yeah, it's it's huge. Poor sleep. Um, definitely has an impact factor on weight um, because then as well if you think of it sort of logically you know you're tired eh? so you're not going to have maybe the energy or the motivation or the discipline yeah to then work out or even just go for a walk um, you, your appetite is suppressed so you'll go to the point where you'll hardly eat much because you can't be bothered and especially eating whole foods and, and healthy foods and then you all of a sudden become hungry later in the evening and you go smashing binge yeah yeah um so it's a vicious cycle i always say there's as you've probably seen yourself you know if there's one thing you can improve if you've got six items on the table and <clears throat> within the six items you've got um sleepers in there but also you know it's like okay out of the six items which do you want to achieve well, so the options are more wealthy fitter um Improve sex life, I don't know, um, education or improve sleep. Mm-hmm. So go for sleep every time because you will achieve all the rest because you will be more rested. You'll be able to perform better. You'll be able to focus better. You'll be able to eat better. So you become healthier. You'll be able to work harder. You'll be able to progress better because you're more rested. So everything stems back to that recovery. So rather than going, do you know, I want to be more wealthy. Well, you'll be more wealthy if you get more sleep because you can put the work in. Yeah. You know, I want to be fitter. Well, you get more sleep because you'll, you'll recover. You'll be able to focus. You'll have better appetite. Your body will be functioning more optimally. So you'll become fitter and it just goes on. Um, so yeah, sleep's, yeah. And there's loads of studies out there with that as well. There's, um, there's loads of bits out there to help. And I, you know, I come from a background of surviving on four hours sleep you know, quite comfortably. I, I, I say comfortably. Comfortably is probably a bit extreme. I would, <laughs> I would manage on four hours sleep and I would do a prep. I would work. I mean, the business at the start, there were like 18, 19 hour days sometimes, wow. you know, and I did that for probably the best part of three and a half years. Just it, It's constantly. amazing how much work you can put into something if you're passionate about doing yeah. it. Yeah, it's the... I, I definitely put more effort into the things that I don't get paid for yeah. than yeah. what I actually do at yeah. work. yeah understandably um it's a shame you can't almost yeah it's, it's getting rewarded for that i mean but the reward is the success of it um, and like i you know i'm six years in now and i can honestly can honestly say it's probably only been on since mid last lockdown the first lockdown so um what april may 2020 where i actually felt the business is surviving and it's it's looking after us mm-hmm. and that's that was four and a half years, five, nearly five years in. Um, and yeah, and, and since then, yeah, it's, it's pushed on further. And um, yeah, so the whole like, when they say, you know, you, you, you start a business and, you know, you, you, you've got to work is absolutely legit. I mean, thank you, everybody recognises that, but you don't, I think, realise until you get into it just how much you've, you've, got, you've got to do. But yeah. like you've said, though, when it, you love it, you just do it. You just do it and... Um, and I think the more you give out, the more you get back. Like I never, and I still don't really, I'm, I'm probably my own worst enemy, but 
I like to give as much as I can, regardless what I get back. Mm -hmm. But I think at some point it comes round. And I think what I gave out at the start, I started to come back round years later. So, um, yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta go with it. Um, before you were talking about you being uh, prepping now, mm -hmm. and you said that you've got a coach for when you prep. Mm -hmm. why, why do you take a coach on? If Same way that any of my clients come to me, mm -hmm. you know, that accountability. Um, I, I did my last prep, so 2020's prep, which ended up being cancelled. The show was cancelled November 2020 because the UK went back into lockdown. Where, where was that supposed to be? That was going to be at the O2. Wow. London, yeah. So that's the one I would do yearly mm -hmm. in November. Um, was the last one you did before lockdown the one you did in Vegas? Was it Vegas? The last one I did was LA. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, LA, yeah. So that was uh, April 2019. Was that the biggest one you've done? Mm, biggest one. That was my first pro show. Yeah. Um, I did one in um, Atlantic City, New York. Uh, I've done a few quite sort of away, mm -hmm. really. But I suppose the biggest one... Um, the London shows are, are quite big. I mean, they're they're on the, they're in the O2. I mean, it's in the Indigo O2, but um, you know, it's like a two thousand, two and a half thousand capacity, yeah. um, and it's a it's a it's a world round. So you're getting competitors from all over the world. And it's a European round, it is. Um, but um, yeah, the last show that that one I was prepping for, I prepped myself. Um, and is and it was a great learning curve, great learning curve, you know. But the problem with prepping yourself is. Even though I know, you know, I know um, it's too easy to change things mm -hmm. and second guess. Um, and and I, I knew that I was doing that. And when I've done, because I've I prepped myself for, God, I've done 27, 28 photo shoots. So I've, I've, I've always prepped myself for them. But I, I, even for all those preps, I would always second guess things and change things. But when it's something as important as a competition, um, a coach is is vital it's so important because they just say no do do that do x it's a ha it's a bit more of a hammer nail approach for competing shall we say um there's still that relationship though like he knows i'm a coach you know he knows i prep people he knows i can prep people um and he respects that but then he's there to tell me no this is what we're doing for you this is you know he's more experienced than i am as well i think that's important and um so yeah so i've, I've got him on board for we've been going now for f five weeks um, uh, I've got another, uh, 20, well, no, 19 weeks on Saturday is the first one. And then it'll be 21 weeks, um, no, 23 weeks, um, for the second one in October. So what, when you're, when you're prepping, have you got a set, um, a set amount of weight you want to put on to a certain point? And then that point when you start trying to cut weight mm -hmm. to tighten things up, it's, no, there's no set numbers as such, certainly for going up. Mm -hmm. But there's, there's, I mean, now, especially because I've moved federations, there's a set number where I need to get to. Like, I know I need to be £175 to weigh in the day before the show in October. And I'm currently at 197 mm -hmm. So we know how much I've got to come down by. But we are doing a bit of a push at the moment to try and put a little bit of, of size on, or we have been. It's been difficult, obviously, because we have no gyms. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I've done seven weeks of no weight training, but um, we're kind of working with what we can, you know, mm. and we accept it. Um, At least with it being the UK as well, you know, everyone's been in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there's a handful of the guys 
that you know they've had a bit of access to stuff. But I purely focus. I went into both lockdowns with the opinion that um, my clients came first, and so I was doing live workouts with them with bands. I did seven of them a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had my community group there that my clients were in as well, and we were just doing those, and and it served me. It served me well. Yeah, you know I can't complain about that at all. It's um, it is what it is. You know, um, but to be honest, up until um five six weeks ago i wasn't competing this year mm. i'd planned a year off i was like no no competing the world's a bit of a mess yeah. <laughs> um so no I'm, I'm having the year off and then he actually my coach actually rang me and said listen the arnold sports festival's coming to the uk you've got to do it you need to move from where you are you've got to come and do this show it's suited for you he was really complimentary it was really nice of him he said and i want to support you because <laughs> he knew i didn't have a coach at the time and I had thought about him for a while, um, but I hadn't committed to any shows. So uh, anyway, so I, I, I kind of thought, you know what? Yeah, why not? You know, what have I got to lose? Um, it's nice to go into a show with a weight category because mm. my last federation, there was no weights. I would be in with the, like, the, the mass monsters wow. and I'm only little, you know. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't always about size. I know that. But there's definitely an element of size that came into it and I was just never going to be in that that level. So um how does it work with uh, with people? I've always been quite interested in this because for um, any sport, I, I always think it you it must have to you must have to be like this as for be it right motorsport or anything. If you're going in with a group of other people and there's obviously a set amount um, of like supplements and stuff you can use and things that's allowed, mm-hmm. do you have to be on the absolute edge of legality going into these things? So there's tested federations mm-hmm. and non-tested federations. Um, it's it's well known that, that well, obviously, the, the non-tested, everyone uses anabolics. Yeah. So drugs and sport is there. We know that. Um, it, unfortunately, with bodybuilding, it's a bit more obvious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit more obvious. Whereas, you know, um, cyclists, um, athletics, you know, you could say it's maybe not quite as obvious physically, yeah, the performance side of things is is obviously on another level. Um, but also, for both sports, or all sports, everyone wants to be on the same playing field. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to be on the same playing field. And if you're not on the same playing field and you want to be competitive, you're not going to be competitive. You know, you, you can't compete against nine other people who are all perhaps assisted and you be... Um, unassisted yeah you know it's 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 not going to happen um it certainly did happen many years ago um where there was maybe more of a handful of assisted people that already taken that next step um and i think i can more or less speak about this across sports on all levels you know the, i think as drugs and sport has got could you say progressively worse is that the right word uh, progressively worse or progressively more sophisticated yeah. maybe yeah. yeah you know so i think as it's progressed people have realized well they're doing it so i may as well do it you know yeah. it's it's that sort of mentality and so you could say at one point it was cheating mm-hmm. it was cheating because you know i did several competitions as a natural yeah against assisted people um and then I realized what was going on. And I, I like assisted people. It makes them sound like X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and there's, you know, and I would never deny, you know, I've got nothing to deny. And, but I realized that if I wanted to be more competitive, I would have to get on the same playing field as everybody else. You know, at that point, I felt I was being cheated out of being able to be 
you know, yeah. competitive. So I, you know, I made that executive choice. Um, and I like to think that, you know, I was in my mid thirties before I even knew what was going on with, with that side of things. Mm. So I left it very late and I would like to say as well, I feel I definitely got towards my genetic ceiling as a natural athlete. Yeah. You know, I didn't jump on it in my early 20s, which is the danger now. You've got kids 17, 18, 19 yeah. taking stuff, you know, and um, yeah, you just, it's it's worrying, you know. I mean, I use a physician, um, you know, for, for, for what's used, what's needed, what's, you know, what's what's required. Um, blood tests are done regularly, etc. It's done properly, um, or as properly as it can be. Yeah, you know, and I still appreciate the risks. But no, everyone is um, everyone is in that category, you know, especially in the professional leagues. Um, in our in our in my world, shall I say? Yeah. Um, yeah. So there you go. I suppose that's the thing is um, as you get older as well with things because it, it, it you get must get to a point where it's diff- more difficult to build muscle. Yeah, I mean, they do say that the sort of more you get into your forties, um, it's it's harder. It, mm-hmm. You know, things slow down a little bit, um, but it's still doable. Yeah, it's still doable, especially you smart training. I mean, I train differently now than I trained five years ago. Yeah, well, you know, look I'd, at the transformation uh, Mike Tyson did recently. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, that's it's insane. Mm. I'm convinced when he has a piss, it's like the blood from his animal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a monster, isn't he? Yeah. Hell of a hell of a guy, but yeah, no, it's you know it's doable. Um, you just yeah, it's just different techniques. Yeah. Uh, so what do you do um, on on your preps on the run up to a competition? So, for example, now I've, I spent the last. I mean, I said earlier about my foods and and maybe not being three six five, and I, and, I, and that's that's the truth. But despite that, I will always have a a minimum amount of of protein a day that I would always hit mm. you know I'll always have a, a good amount of food I won't I won't starve myself you know I'll always eat, eat well but then I'll add in the extras you know and, and be a little bit more loose you know I'll get takeout I'll go for dinner you know whereas some people wouldn't dream of doing that and I respect that that's fine but that's just not me I yeah. just I know especially when I am out of season if you like um I know that a lot of People, even myself, to be fair, will say that it's the off-season where the work needs to go in mm-hmm. to make the on-season and that prep into the show successful. And, and, and that's that's true. That is true. You've got to put the work in um, as much as you can. But I just kind of like that balance. I like having a little bit more of a downtime because I feel that my body's rested, my mind's rested, and, and I'm in a better place to push harder for the remaining time. So I'm going to do basically six months preparation now. And I'm, I am, I've been, you know, my health is absolutely tip top now. You know, I haven't been anywhere, done anything since October. Um, you know, my body's prime, bloods are done. Everything's in good place. Uh, my food amount is, is high. And that's been the focus the last five weeks at the start of this prep is getting my food up. It's making sure my food is as high, we, high as we can get it and priming the body for the dieting, um, phase so yeah so what happens is yeah we we i'm on set menus he likes menus um the coach does it sort of takes any guessing out of it i just i just follow it every day yeah every day and then it's focus each day win each day i don't focus week to week or anything like that i literally get up in the morning right i'm gonna i'm gonna smash everything today you know i've got this to eat that to eat this you know it's it's planned it's there my timings, you know, I know I have to have my first meal at the latest quarter to seven, and I know I need my second meal at the latest half past nine, quarter to ten. Yeah. 
If I haven't had them at that time, it knocks me out for the whole day. Yeah. So, I, you know, I've got my timings. Um, I can't imagine you having to eat a meal at seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. That's and it's, the, and it's, it's poached, what is it? It's uh, 200 mil of egg whites, two eggs, spinach, tomatoes, um, then a 100 grams of porridge oats, a little scoop of protein, some fruit. Yeah. Does it, um, does it get to you having to eat that volume of food like, every day? Um, you get used to it. You get used to it. I mean, I'm, I'm now, you know, my, my, the days I don't train, I'm eating almost 4,000 calories mm-hmm. and I'm hungry after each meal, which is just... The days you don't train? The days I don't train. How much are you eating the days you do train? The day I do train, 4,500. So it's just a, a little bit more. Um to accommodate for the, the training session as well. But the problem is on those days, you're eating more food, you've got a two-hour training window to fit in. Mm-hmm. So it's like, ha, and trying to get all the extra food around it, you know, <laughs> and, oh, it's, it's yeah, it's there's a bit of um, a bit of organisation that goes into it. So it, literally, you, you got food food daily is the same. It, it fluctuates a little bit higher on training days and, and, and non-training days. The training is set. I've set training days for the prep. And for the next... I mean, we're five weeks in now. I've got probably another five weeks worth of where what I'm doing. And then we'll start bringing calories down to start tightening up towards uh, September's the first one. How tricky is that, the uh, trying to bring weight down? So, you, so you're so bringing the right weight down and you're not losing muscle instead? Yeah, so it's pretty much um, to energy balance, for example, um, as you mentioned, um, bringing weight down. So being in that calorie deficit and making sure we're not losing too much weight. Ideally, we're looking at um, two to three pounds every every week drop. Um, you know, or half half a half a kilo, um, nice and steady. Um, but like. Like I do with my clients, you know, especially if it's a goal like a competition, it's it's you need to know the, the the data. Like we need to know how much fat mass I'm carrying, we need to know how much muscle mass I'm carrying at the start. So then, do there's calculations that we do that dictates right if you're carrying, I don't know, twenty five percent fat mass, for example. You know, we know how many weeks from the calculations we need to get rid of that twenty five percent all the way down, you know, and that will say right, that's going to take thirty five weeks to do. So that's when the prep should start, mm-hmm. you know. So it's no good going, oh, you know what, I'm going to do a 12-week prep because if you actually need 35 weeks to get rid of all that fat, you're not going to be ready on time. So it's important that we've done all the maths and, and, and all the bits at the start to know how long we need for the prep rather than just winging it. Um, what uh, when, you've, when you're ready to compete, what's the process of like doing one of the competitions like? So you so actually there at the event, yeah. <clears throat> unless, unless there's something about like cutting down. You want to mention if I've skipped forward too? Quickly. No, 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 no. It's, it's all. It's very. It's painful. <laughs> the cutting down part. It's just again. It's just ticking boxes. It's just you could almost say the easiest way to describe it is you just reducing food down all the way into the show. However, you know when you're being smart about dieting, and this is what everybody should be doing, it's certainly the way I coach, and I know it's the way my coach coaches, is yes, you're bringing food down, but there's also bouts where you're bringing food back up mm. and helping with what's known as metabolic adaption and making sure that the body is going to continue to pro- progress because all it does, it adapts to that lower calorie intake. Yeah, It adapts to that energy, that, that is the food, which is energy, it adapts to that and the body starts to function at that energy input. And that's usually where you get a plateau. 
So it's important that you almost you 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 know as you're about to hit the plateau, it's important that the body is then given a boost of of calories for a set amount of time, at least three days. So at that point, does it start to like st- store fat again rather than not so much store, no. just just pause. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you start, there's like sticking points and there's, there's many ways of manipulating things to try and make sure we push through those plateaus, but we can make it easier with ourselves. You know, looking at the sciences available, we know that, you know, diet breaks are important during prep, you know, so a diet break meaning that let's say uh, I spend um, six weeks at 2000 calories, um, but then I, I need to make sure I'm spending um, a week at uh, 2,600 calories, which is obviously 600 calories more, but it's it's my new maintenance amount. So meaning that's what is going to maintain my body uh, makeup uh, for a week. And that gives my body a chance to upregulate. It gives my, my metabolism a chance to come up and, and start almost functioning more optimally again. It's going to give me a big boost of energy. It's going to give me my hormones a bit of a reset, shall we say, probably the easiest way of describing it. Um, and then you start the process again. You bring the calories back down again, and the process starts again, and, and fat loss then uh, carries on. So, so yeah, so, you, you know, even though you are bringing calories down, you are also at times bringing them up. And then they, they can come a point towards right at the very end of the prep, sort of a week to, to even three weeks out, that you actually do start increasing food because you're at a point where things are in a good place, body fat's gone. You know, we've not gone, but we've got it down low enough. Yeah. And then you start to um, um, fill up, as we call it, and eat up into the show. It's also a technique. Is it dangerous? Like losing that amount of body fat? Dangerous. It's uh, it's testing. Um, and it's not healthy. I think dangerous is a bit extreme. It's, yeah. it's not healthy. No, it's not healthy. Um and that's why it's important that it's managed correctly. Like I mentioned about the diet breaks and bringing calories back up. You know, if you just continuously dieted down to really low calories and stayed there for weeks and months on end, then I would imagine there's an element of danger in there some, somehow. And, you know, the body is going to completely just, because it's going to fight against you all the way anyway. Yeah. Even when you are doing it with, with like consideration for health in there. But, um, you know, it, Pushing, you know, pushing your body through days where you don't want to do anything is 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 hard in itself. Um, so, I, I think it, dangerous is probably a bit extreme. But yeah, I think just it's it's it isn't healthy, and that's why it's not a long term thing. It's you know, get to where you need to get to, and then you come back out as quick as you can. What does it do uh, psychologically to you? Because I'd imagine <clears throat> those like peaks and yeah, troughs must play a little bit. Again, you know, I mean. I think even the, the strongest minded of people, um, it, they, you know, you struggle, you know, I mean, I'm, I am a really good dieter. I can, I can eat very low calories and function, maybe not function optimally, but I can certainly get through. Um, I, I don't know why, but I, I just can't, mm-hmm. but it still, you know, it affects, it does affect me. My wife says to me, you know, you, or you, yeah, you can tell you're not quite with it today. You know, you're forgetful, you're a bit snappy, um, you know, um, your focus is just not there. And everything just becomes tunnel vision uh, or can become tunnel vision. Um, but at the same time, you know, you've you've committed to a, a process. Um, and it, it's not even committed to the process. You've committed to standing on that stage. And if you want to stand on that stage, there's definitely some dark places you end up having to go to. Yeah, um, It's just part of the, the, the journey. And it's very difficult for anyone doing it first time. I and mean, I remember my first time and I didn't know what to expect at all didn't know how I was going to respond and what you know um 
Um, but I, you know, I'm glad I've gone through several, God, I don't have multiple preps because it, I can relate to people. Mm-hmm. I know what they're going through. Um, obviously everyone's different, handles it differently, but, um, it isn't, yeah, isn't, isn't the best. <laughs> I definitely don't encourage it. Uh, what do you, do you get given like a set amount of poses and things you have to do, or do you get to choose your own poses? So my last federation, which was the WBFF, um, there was no, there was, there was, there was your mandatory, they call it mandatory positions or mandatory poses. There was a series of mandatory poses. Um, however, prior to them, you just would display whatever you, um, best assets. Yeah. So, you yeah. felt was best for them to see. Um, I'd show my wrists. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, whatever your feet, sold the feet, whatever. Um, so, so yeah, you just show the best. Right, freak. Yeah. <laughs> but if, if it works for you though, you know, um, yeah. So, so yeah, just, just your best areas. Um, and then you, you would, they would ask for like a front pose, a side pose. But whereas in my old federation, um, your front pose could be literally hands by your sides. It could be hands over heads. It could be a double bicep. You know, that the front pose is whatever front pose you felt was your best. Yeah. And likewise, side pose, rear pose, um, they were whatever you felt was your best. That They were happy with that, the judging criteria. Whereas the new federation I'm going into, no, it's it's all set poses. It's you know fr- front front is front double bicep. You know mm-hmm. side is side chest. You know and they have set positions for you. Uh, there is a routine that you do, and that's your own. Yeah. So we didn't have routines in the last one. Um, what's the what's the process of the of a competition? So when you're there at the event, um, usually. Um, you, you arrive a few days before, so you'll have quite, um, um, athlete registration. So you'd go, you'd register, you, you've already entered the show, but you, you turn up and register, you're there, you pick up your number, um, you'll pick up whatever other, um, itinerary they have for you, for example. Um, you'll then have, that'll be say the Thursday, if the show's, if the, if the show's a Saturday, that'll be the Thursday usually. Um, uh, Friday would be um, tanning, so you're getting your tans done on on the Friday, uh, and and then just basically camping out and just topping up on the last bits of, of food that you need and checking in with your coach, etc. Um, some federations, like our federation, we had an athletes meeting um, where the evening you would you would go along and and hear what the itinerary was for the day and what they expected off you backstage and any announcements. And then it's, it's usually an early night and um, up first thing in the morning and, and you'd go to the the venue. Um, usually end up with a tan tap, uh, top up. So the tanning people are there, so you get your tan topped up. And then it's it's a lot of sitting around. It's a lot of sitting around. Is it a set, like, uh, is it a set, like, colour, tan colour? Or do you, do you pick that for what suits your body type? No, they, they have, usually the federation dictate what ta- what color they want mm-hmm. um you know for example m- like my last fed they had a specific tanning company that every single show they knew the color they wanted and everybody got that color um you're not usually allowed to compete with any other colors um, so what what's the i mean obviously the um the tans to help show muscle muscle definition mm-hmm. take it uh what would be the reason why there, there has to be like a set they've got 
a set colour in mind? I've got to be honest, I, I don't know. I think it's just a personal preference of the judging panel. They yeah. like a certain colour. They like a, um, you know, a, whether it be a, a dark bronze or a, mm-hmm. a dark sandy colour. I, I don't know. I couldn't really give a definitive on that. But it's just there is just a a colour they like. It's dark. It's for the lighting because the lights are so bright. Yeah, yeah. It shows up the the body in the best possible way. Um, do you like a fighter? Would you cut water as well? It's an old school thing that. Yeah. With bodybuilding, yeah. I mean, I, I have done it. Uh, I have done it. I messed it up several times as well because it's so technical. Yeah. Um, especially when people are messing around with sodium and stuff as well, which What's it's just un- so salts. Yeah, you can do like a water and salt manipulation where you're like dropping uh, dropping salt out for a certain time during the week, and then you're pulling water out at one point as well. Then you're adding a bit of salt back in and water back in. It's it's very technical. Yeah. Um, it's not needed. It's not needed. Um, for for the gain you can get or not get, it's not worth it. Um, what they say is, you know, if you're, they call it peak week, the last week before the show, where you peak. Um, but if you're ready, I mean, you should be ready the week before anyway. You should be ready for that stage. Yeah, It's just fine tuning that last week. And if you can keep things as, as normal as possible all the way, any amount of stress or change mm. is going to show on the body. So it's about balancing that. Anything as well, I suppose, that you've got to do in a, like a routine through. You know, it's if you're dehydrated as well. You know, it's especially uh, if you're used to being hydrated. Mm-hmm. Like small, I well, I find so I drink quite a lot of water. That I find small levels of dehydration. I you feel it yeah. in your head really quickly. Yeah, I would imagine that would be yeah. like an awful thing to then go have to compete. Yeah, no, it's. Um, I mean, I know these guys that still do it. They still have their ways. They do things um, with manipulation. But, you know, the science is saying, no, you don't need to do that because there's a rose of reduction in water. Mm -hmm. um, But ultimately, the body's water, and you want those muscles as full as possible, as hydrated as possible to look as poppy and responding as well. Um, Whereas if you're dehydrated, the chances are you're sodium dehydrated as well. Um, Your body's just not going to respond and look its best. I mean, everybody always looks their best the day after the show. Because they go out, they eat pizza, they eat burgers, <laughs> they fill up with water. All of a sudden, they're full up. They've just deprived themselves all week unnecessarily. I mean, I, I, the last couple of shows I did, I was having, I, I had, um, I would go for like, um, uh, what do they call it? Not a Domino's. What's the 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 sandwich company? Um, Subway. Subway. Yeah. I'll have a twelve-inch Subway four hours before stage, mm-hmm. and look incredible. Just all the salt and the sodium that's in there. So, so what? How does the sodium affect your muscles? It help. It, it it basically draws the water into the cell, into the right, muscle. Okay, it draws it in. Yeah, um, and just makes you vascular and and just presses the muscle up against the skin. Should we say? Oh, of course. Yeah. Hence, why if you if you eat loads of salt, you get thirsty because your body's using all the water that's in you. Yeah, of course. So yeah, it's. I mean, there's loads of different. I mean, you have to be careful with that. I mean, that's that's after years worth of practicing and doing different things. But you know, you have to be lean enough as well. If you're not lean enough come that week, no matter what you do with water and salt, it isn't going to change it. You know, yeah. you probably look worse on stage than you if you, you know, if you didn't mess with it. So, what's it like coming out of it? Again, um, certainly the first few times very difficult. Bit of an anticlimax. You know, a bit of like, wow, I've just focused my whole life for the last six months into this 
10 minutes on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't and, done that well. Must have been, that must have been tough prepping when you uh, during the lockdown when you knew yeah. there wasn't going to be a competition. Yeah. Well, we kind of banked on the would be as, as we all you know as we all did. We thought come October November we'd be out of it. Yeah. Um, so that the driving factor there was good because I thought this is gonna be great, you know. And they'd moved. We had a world's round that was supposed to be in August in the Bahamas, um, which got cancelled. Um, and they moved that particular world round to the London show in November. So my London show I was planning on doing, which was a European show, had been upgraded to a world show. Mm-hmm. So I was really excited. It was just like, wow, this is going to be incredible. So, um, And then I think it came to around about September, and it looked like, shit, this isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I was already well deep into it by then, and I thought, well, there was a couple of times I thought, yeah, we'll stop now. Oh, I remember your... Um Instagram and stuff like that. The, mm. the, I, I remember him. I had a point where you you, you sort of pointed out that oh, well, this isn't going to happen, but I'm going to keep yeah. going on with prep. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I thought, but it was it was great that I did that because I got to learn a few things about myself. I tried things out that I wouldn't normally have tried had I been doing a show, mm-hmm. um, with my food and you know timings and bits and pieces, and and so it was it was a good learning curve to be able to to, to, to run it. Yeah, yeah. But after the show, no, after the shows, it's important to. Have a focus. We often, my wife and I, we often plan photo shoots, certainly photo shoots the days after, uh, which helps keep things at bay. And I like to plan one or two shoots about a month, two months, a month to six weeks later as well, because it just keeps you in check because it's really easy just to go, all right, I'm just going to. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I learned that the hard way as well. You know, I've done that in the past and that can be quite dangerous, you know, if you, you know, you, you just overdo it with sugars and, you know, you haven't, your body's not acclimatized to that, hasn't had that sort of mm-hmm. food for a long time. So you have to reintroduce everything well um, and steadily and do what we call a reverse diet and almost reverse the process you've done going in. Ideally, you're looking at an eight-week window after a show before you're back to some sort of normality. Mm-hmm. Um, but like some coaches will do, um, and like I have done in the past, I have dieted flexibly for the show. I haven't had a rigid plan. So I've still included foods and purely done it off calories, uh, macros, um, still the whole foods, but I've still allowed myself a few bits in there that have, you know, been normal. So coming out of a show, it's been much healthier and I've been in a much better place. However, the conditioning is never the same. Mm. You're never really that sort of tight when you diet that way for a show. You, you, you've almost got to go very, very sort of, I don't want to say old school because I'm not an old school coach. I'm not an old school, you know, I'm very current. Um, but from trial and error over nearly 10 shows, 10 shows now, I know that the results are better being very plain and being very strict and sticking to a meal plan opposed to being flexibly like I've done in some some approaches. So with, if you, uh, with eight weeks coming out, it's the, the off time if you're going to do these shows must be very short. you I only do usually one a year. Yeah. Usually do one a year. This year is the first time I've ever done two shows in one year. Uh, No, sorry. It's the second time. But the one time, the the only time I've done it, there was six months in between. And I pretty much had about six to eight weeks off. And it wasn't even off. It was just bringing calories back up. Right. And then holding them there, holding calories high until I'm ready to bring them down again. Yeah. Uh, this ne- this year, where I'm doing one show on the 5th of September, another show the 2nd of October, we've got a four-week window. So we'll pretty much just hold ourselves. We'll come up a little bit, and then we'll pull, come back down again. So Does it help with your wife competing as well? Yeah. 
you know, to to to, to help you like yeah. keep each other in yeah, line. Yeah, hugely. She'll have good days, I'll have bad days, mm-hmm. and she can pick me up and vice versa. It works really well. Um, I, one year she prepped on her own. I didn't do the show. I didn't do it, and I supported her. It was horrific. <laughs> and I felt terrible because she'd supported me for three years prior to her starting doing the shows herself, and I thought, my God, you've gone through this three times. It was horrific. I mean, she finds it okay. Yeah. She says she's fine with it, but I found it horrific. Um because you want to do more and you can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, yeah. In fact, this this show now, she's not doing shows this year. She's having the rest of the year. So I'm doing this one on my own. So we'll see. She still feels the same way. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, well, I think I've probably kept you long enough. No, no, we're good, yeah. Night. Amazing. Wow. The, uh, thank you for coming to, in and talking to me. No, thank you very much for getting me in. It, no, it's, it's been really interesting. You know, the... Um, I think the mind of people when they compete and do things, especially when it's something that takes so much dedication, it's it's always really interesting. You know, it's, it's uh... that's good. I mean, I, I you know it's strange. Like I said at the start, you know, you introduced me. I I um I don't talk about my bodybuilding that much. Mm-hmm. I don't really expose much about it because I worry that people aren't bothered about it. I worry that it's not an interest to them because it's almost like it's not like cyclists. It's not like athletics. And I, I should. No, it's not like cycling; it's vaguely interesting. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe there's, yeah, there's that to look at it. And I, and I need to say as well, you know, I, I, I'm sure there's if if anyone does listen to this uh, who's bodybuilding, that's no disrespect to us bodybuilders, mm-hmm. but that's just my opinion of what I feel people think of us. You know, I just you know, and that's probably quite naughty of me really to think like that. So that's why I don't speak about it much. I think there's there's always a risk, isn't there? If if you're really interested in something, like really interested, mm. then you do run the risk of boring anybody else yeah. that isn't on the same level yeah. as you. But yeah, no, no, I, yeah. I found it thoroughly interesting. Oh, so. that's good. Uh, where can people find you on social media and stuff? So uh, Instagram is my main platform, really. Um, just... At Gianni Fabrizio, that's it. Straightforward like that. Um, I'll stick the link in the description of the podcast as well for anyone listening. Lovely, thank you. Uh, Facebook, to be honest, just send me a friend's request. I do everything through my personal profile on on Facebook. Um, as you probably know, um, Facebook is it's it's pages don't seem to work anymore. So yeah, yeah. I just I just do everything <laughs> my personal page. Um, and yeah, so that's that's me. Yeah, cheers, Gianni. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye bye. Listening to Musk's audio.